Super Talk Mississippi media production. Kickstart your adventure now with a new Gud Golf Cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. Gud Golf Carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601-748-0454. up on this tuesday morning glad to see everybody glad to see you there we go that looks a little bit better glad to see you on this tuesday my name is michael borky and uh i've got a few things to talk about with you today on the live stream i've got a lot to do today a lot of stuff happening so uh not gonna waste too much of your time let's just get into it uh first of all i i teased it yesterday and then the schedule came out for next week and There is a rule change that needs to happen in the SEC as soon as humanly possible because there is something going on that bothers me badly. And no, it's not apologizing for tweets, although that shouldn't have happened. But anyway, anyway, um, yeah, there's a rule change that needs to happen right now in the SEC. I mean, I'm talking about get it done as soon as next year because what is going on next weekend is a joke. Also. There are some people, including Paul Feinbaum, which whatever, but there are people, uh, vigilantes, the blue checkmark sports journalist heroes who are our moral compass, and they're the ones that get to tell us how to feel about coaches' comments, and they really did not like what Mike Leach has said about kickers over the last couple of days. And I've got the, the question, are we getting soft? Same thing with Jimmy Lake. The head coach at Washington, Jimmy Lake. Uh, he got suspended for a game. Got suspended for a game for something that happened on the sidelines in the Oregon game, and that begs the question again, are we getting soft? Because some of the reaction to what Jimmy Lake did was surprising. To, uh, well, n- strike that, reverse it. Not surprising at all, but really, I-, I want these people to say these things out loud before they comment about them online because what Jimmy Lake did is not near as bad as the way people are reacting and then there's this breaking story about the NCAA and I'm gonna kind of throw water on that fire a little bit but uh, first before we get into all that I want to remind you if you're watching on Twitter you cannot comment so find me on YouTube Michael Borky on YouTube find me there on YouTube and you can actually be a part of this like Brown Yeti says good morning Chris gives uh, these emojis right here I love it Chase says good morning too so you want to be like these guys, or Zach, Cupcake Week is tradition, he says. You want to be like these guys, you got to do it on YouTube. So find me on YouTube, Michael Borky. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, I keep getting asked, by the way. I've, I've had, seriously, like nine people ask me how much it costs to subscribe on YouTube. Literally nothing. It is free. Um, and like the video while you're here as well. And follow on Twitter and Facebook. And wherever you get your podcast, my name or Mike in the morning should turn up results even though my most successful episode of the week happens way late at night, we are going to go with that for now. All right, here's where this started. So yesterday I mentioned this, how games, non-conference games need to happen after, or or all need to happen before a certain date. And that date to me was the second week of October, but I would love for them to all be done by the end of September. 
Here's the slate of games. We got the schedule for next week out like we always do. We always get the the kickoff times and stuff for the next week's games on the Monday. And we got those yesterday. Here's November 20th. Again, November 20th, the second to last week of the season. And this in the SEC is what we have on the schedule. Uh, New Mexico State at Kentucky. Charleston Southern, which, fun fact of the day, I say it all the time, anytime Charleston Southern gets brought up, Charleston Southern is in North Charleston, South Carolina. But Charleston Southern is at Georgia. Tennessee State is at Mississippi State. Prairie View A&M is at Texas A&M. Vanderbilt is at Ole Miss. I mean, come on. South Alabama is at Tennessee. Louisiana Monroe is at LSU. And then you've got Florida, Missouri, Auburn, South Carolina, Arkansas, Alabama mixed in there as well. But you've got four conference games being played, and everybody else in the league is playing New Mexico State, Charleston Southern, Tennessee State, Prairie View A&M, Vanderbilt, South Alabama, and Louisiana Monroe. This should not be allowed to happen. We re- I, I'm, I'm serious. We really should not let this happen. This should not be allowed to happen right here. Every other sports league, every other sports league, the second to last week of the year matters, is meaningful, is impactful. My gosh, week 17 now in the NFL, the second to last week of the season, is going to be awesome. You've got, first of all, it, it is the NFL, so every team you're playing like can beat you. Not exactly the case always in college football, including a conference opponent like Vanderbilt. But those every single game in the NFL, the second to last week of the season, matters. Uh, in the NBA, the second to last game for most teams matter. You've got playoff stuff going on. Uh, college basketball, the same thing. You've got teams fighting for their tournament lives. This right here is a bad product. And the SEC does not put bad product out there very much. But in this case, this is a bad product. This should not be what we as fans have to consume the second to last week of the season. The rule change is simple. Have your non-conference games done by the second week of October. Done. Finished completely. And the rest of your schedule is all SEC games after October 14th or whatever, have them be done by then, because this is just unacceptable. And as a consumer, it shouldn't happen. And honestly, like, you're going to ask a bunch of Mississippi State fans, Georgia fans, Kentucky fans to to go to these games? I mean, come on. Uh, This should not be allowed. As I said yesterday, I know that the college football economy depends on these games. Uh, Charleston Southern. I don't know if you have. Uh, I don't know if you've seen th- their home stadium. Oak Grove High School has a bigger one. I mean, it, it's a small place. They they don't generate great revenue in football. They need this game against Georgia uh, for this to happen. But what they should have done is kept last year's two bye weeks. That's what that's what they should have done. Everybody should have two bye weeks. Make you really want to jazz up your product? You really want to have healthy football teams and 
I mean, here's just a thought. Add one more week of football to your schedule without adding an extra game and player safety and all that. Play your 12 games over 14 weeks instead of 13. Give every team two bye weeks. Either start earlier or end the season later. And I, I guess a lot of people want it to maintain on Thanksgiving weekend. So start the season one week earlier and give everybody two buys. It makes your players healthier. It, it like Ole Miss could use another buy. I mean, that would change everything for that team. But finish these games. Two rule changes I'm proposing today. Finish these games by the second week of October because late November should not have Charleston Southern at Georgia. It should not happen. And God bless those kids at Charleston Southern having to play Georgia on that day. Running clocks and all that need to happen, like from kickoff. But all of these games have to be done by the second week of October and two bye weeks. That's so simple. I I can't believe they didn't stick with it, honestly. Because, one, you stretch the season out another week, which means more games, more revenue, you're more relevant, all that stuff. You give your fans a break, which, as as we've learned this season, fans kind of need it now, you know? Um, Ole Miss fans, for example. It's their second of three weeks in a row in Oxford. That piles up quickly. That's hard to do. So it gives your fans a break, and it gives your players a break. Uh, You know, player safety is an issue. Everybody's banged up. Giving them an extra week to allow them to get healthy and put their best feet forward, if you will, leads to more compelling games and a better product and better seasons. So there you go. Two rule changes. Two rule changes that are just perfect. And that's it. This schedule right here is embarrassing, honestly. Having Louisiana Monroe and South Alabama and Prairie View and Vanderbilt and Charleston Southern and New Mexico State on your schedule in the second to last week of the season is is unacceptable. It shouldn't be allowed to happen. Sid says, it's nice having a non-conference game later in the season when your bye week is the third weekend of the year. Yeah, see, Ole Miss got screwed with that. Uh, The early bye just sucks, but they need to have two of them. They need to have two of them. Uh, Everybody needs to have two of them. Zach says, ideally, your rule change would be a lot more feasible once Oklahoma and Texas join and we go to nine conference game schedules. I agree there. Uh, I still think the pod idea is what we're going to get. I hope the pod thing is what we're going to get, divisions, if you will, because if they just add Texas and Oklahoma and we keep the East and the West as they are, uh, I mean, you'll play a game at Georgia every 18 years or something crazy like that. I mean, that, that's not even a conference at that point. So I think the uh, the pods will help uh, for sure. But if, if we're going to go to nine conference games, if the SEC is going to go to nine conference games, they really need to implement the second bye then. Because they will have nine conference games, and I assume they're going to keep the you-have-to-play-a-power-five-opponent-from-somewhere-else rule in place. I expect them to do that. Uh, and most teams are going to anyway. I mean, South Carolina is going to play Clemson at the end of the year. Florida's going to play Florida State. Kentucky's going to play Louisville, on and on and on. So Georgia's going to play Georgia Tech. Texas and Texas A&M are going to have to play each other again. Sorry, Ross Bjork. But 
that's especially when we need the second bye is when you're going to be playing 10 games against power five opponents instead of nine. If you're going to add the more difficult, more physical extra game, then you should add the extra week as well. I'm assuming you make exceptions for Florida, Florida State, and South Carolina Clemson. Yes. I think that they will, uh, like I said, I think they're going to do to keep that rule in place where you have to play a, a power five opponent as well. Since says maybe this helps to, quote, maintain a good product. That's fair. I mean, you've got a bunch of basically bye weeks before uh, rivalry Saturday, but like South Carolina has to play Clemson and they have Auburn before they play Clemson. Like, I mean, come on. State and Ole Miss both basically get walkthroughs before the Egg Bowl. That's nice. Uh, States is obviously a little bit easier than the other, but Vanderbilt doesn't have a pulse anymore. Um, So that helps. I mean, that's nice, but I'd rather these games not happen this time of year and just have each team either A, have to play a difficult team before uh, your rivalry week or, or something like that. But the last few weeks of any season should be reserved for the best games and not Prairie View A&M, with all due respect, or Charleston Southern, which is in North Charleston, South Carolina. Miles says Vandy has the two bye weeks next season, but that's because they start on week zero. Everybody should start on week zero. Start the season then. Everybody start on week zero and give everybody uh, the two weeks off. So that's my uh, it's my soapbox, and I'm getting off of it. But I'm about to jump on another one. The reaction that I have seen from two coaches doing things that are not ideal. I'm not going to say what Jimmy Lake did was perfect. It was not. It's not ideal at all. And what Mike Leach said could have been said differently. And people are upset or pretending to be upset. Mike Leach said, quote, there's a ball and you kick it, talking about his kickers missing three field goals on Saturday. There's a ball and you kick it. It really doesn't matter if a bunch of seven-year-olds are watching or if five million Mongol warriors on horses getting ready to shoot their bows and arrows at you. You approach the ball and you kick it. It's as simple as that. And also, people were ripping Mike Leach for what he said after the game, where they're going to have open tryouts on campus. If you're clear with the NCAA, come try out because I need somebody that can make a field goal. I paraphrase that a little bit, but he did say we're going to host tryouts on campus. And you have had even Paul Feinbaum, which I know why he does this. It's it's his spiel, and he gets people all fired up to call him and yell at him, and it's made him a lot of money. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me how that is valuable, but it is, so joke's on me. But people like him and others, I mean, I've even seen some state fans uh, really say that what Mike Leach said is tone deaf, inappropriate, stuff like that. Could he have said it differently? Sure. I mean, in a perfect world, Mike Leach would have said, you know, we're struggling right now. Uh, We need to find a way to kick field goals. Maybe we need to find somebody else that can come in and do it. But, you know, we're we're working with our guys and and they work hard and and we'll figure out a solution to this. But we've, we've got to get better at kicking field goals. And, you know, we hope that our guys can work on it and get better. Something like that. Something diplomatic. A lot of words that say nothing, whatever. Mike Leach didn't choose to go that route. He was harsher. He said that they're going to have tryouts. And he said this quote that people are all fired up about. I I mean, some of the reaction to this are are acting like Mike Leach said, 
uh, Ruiz, I should cut his ass because he's awful and he doesn't deserve to wear my uniform and all that. I mean, he didn't go that far. We're getting soft is what I'm getting at. We're getting soft. Is what Mike Leach said perfect? No. Could he have chosen his words better? Probably so. But at the end of the day, first of all, he is a football coach. He's a football coach. I mean, not a, a more. I hate when people like put sports coaches and athletes on some pedestal of morality, like the Aaron Rodgers thing. I mean, he lied. He lied. Of course, he lied. Let's be let's be honest. Aaron Rodgers lied about his vaccination status. Whether or not you agree with them having to get it or, or the protocols or whatever, he lied. Of course, he did. He misrepresented the truth. How's that? But. Oh, I'm so disappointed in Aaron Rodgers. And oh my gosh, how dare he? He's a football player. He's only famous because he takes this and throws it good. That's the only reason why Aaron Rodgers is famous. Because he does this. He throws this at other people better than most. That's it. Like, why are you so disappointed in a quarterback? Oh, it's so awful what he said. He's a football player. Why are you looking to football players to to be the voice of reason in a layered and nuanced topic like vaccines? Aaron Rodgers, nor anybody. I don't know anything about vaccines. I got it myself. I got it. Both of them. I'm double vaxxed. Um... I read a lot about them. I was comfortable getting it myself. But don't turn to me for your end-all, be-all about should you get something like that or not. I talk about sports for a living. That is what I do. I don't know anything about vaccines. Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback. He throws this for a living. That's all he does. Why are you putting him on this moral pedestal of he shouldn't have influence over you at all, but but that's what we do. Same thing with Mike Leach. He's a football coach. That's what he is. He's a football coach. So he didn't handle his kickers missing field goals perfectly. So Mike Leach went a little harsh at a couple of guys that are getting their education paid for to kick footballs, and in a three point loss. They missed three field goals, and he said that. Didn't cuss. Didn't use bad language. Didn't say that they were bums or he should cut them or they're embarrassing to his uniform. He just went a little strong. And the reaction that we've seen from that, how soft are we? These are SEC kickers. You know, sometimes in life you screw up and you get told you screw up. this, This is major college football. It's not peewee. All right, these are 20-year-olds. Should they have been handled differently? Probably. Did they get thrown over the, thrown under the bus a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Did they miss three kicks in a three-point game? One of those being made sends it to overtime? Yeah, they did. Is that bad? Yeah, it's bad. I just I don't understand the softness. And then the same thing with Jimmy Lake. Jimmy Lake got suspended. Let me see if I can find the video. Of um, so you can see this for yourself. Um, Jimmy Lake, the the coach at Washington, got suspended for here. I found it. I'll show it to you right now. 
got suspended for this. So as you can see, this player, his player, is getting in a scrum on the sideline. You know, pushing, shoving, whatever, talking junk. Here comes his coach. And that's what he does. You see that right there. I'll show it to you again. And for those of you listening in podcast form, you can find it. Just search Jimmy Lake. You can find it. But here, here he is. And that's it. He got suspended for a game. And some of the some of the reaction from sports writers and sports media people about that, how he should be fired. He should never be allowed to coach kids again. How dare he? Do something like that. Uh, again, I, I'm not like some macho guy. I generally, I, I think I'm pretty measured when it comes to stuff like this. But how soft, how soft have we gotten? How soft is that? Is that an ideal reaction for a head coach? No, it's not ideal. He, he shouldn't do something like that. But the player is, I mean, instigating a fight. He's got a helmet on. He's got a freaking helmet on. And he gets slapped on the forehead by his coach as his coach is yelling at him because he's in the middle, potentially instigating a fight, drawing a penalty in a close game. And the reaction is he should never be, he should be fired immediately for that. The people that say that have never worn a helmet before because that slap on the forehead, I mean, that does nothing. That that does nothing at all to the – like, it doesn't hurt the player at all. It, it's getting his attention. Should you do it? No, you should not do that. It, it's not ideal. I, I understand that it's not good when you do that. It's not good to do that. You should not – Hit your players with your hand. You shouldn't do that. But for people to look at that video and say he should be terminated from his job for that are soft. I'm sorry. That's what. That, that's the truth. The people have gotten soft. We are soft, especially sports writers. How how up on this little pedestal that that sports writers get on. They feel like they're just the moral compass of a sport that has just toxically masculine people in it. Player was possibly instigating a fight, and he got slapped on the forehead while wearing a helmet. The coach knows he has a helmet on. He knows, I'm not going to hurt this kid. I'm going to get his attention, though, because he's being an idiot. It hurt Coach, exactly, Chris. It hurt Coach more. That hurt Jimmy Lake more than the player. I mean, come on. That's just soft. We have gotten soft. Is that ideal? No. Should you do that? No. But we are soft if we think that that's some fireable offense. Kid's got a helmet on. And if you've never worn a helmet before, that doesn't affect it at all. My gosh, guys put on helmets and just hit themselves in the head just to psych themselves up. I mean, they're designed to absorb hits from 300-pound men running at you at full speed. A slap on the head 
isn't going to do anything. It's insane. It's insane, but this is what we are. I mean, this is what we've become. It was the same thing, uh, the reaction that the Ole Miss football Twitter account got from some blue check marks. Oh, classless, embarrassing. I mean, the only thing embarrassing about that to me was Lane Kiffin's statement. Like, you're the guy who got fined because of your tweets last year. I mean, you're the guy that punted your play sheet in celebration a couple weeks ago. And a thumbs up tweet with a funny meme is classless. Come on, man. Come on. I mean, Lane Kiffin and Keith Carter went harder at their own Twitter account for a couple of memes than they did Tennessee for throwing beer bottles at their players. I mean, think about that. I, I didn't read Kiffin's response until after this yesterday. I probably would have had a different opinion yesterday after I would have read it. He went stronger at his own Twitter account for memes than he did Tennessee for hitting him with golf balls, bottles filled with dip spit, and maybe other bodily fluids. And his players were getting pelted with beer bottles and cans and mustard. But it's the tweets that get you reacting like that and not your players getting hit with stuff on the sideline. Come on, man. Come on. Chase, you're right. Twitter journalism and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race. Seriously. It's just weakened us all. What Mike Leach said is not ideal. He should have said something else. But man, some of the reaction to it is just over the top and sensitive. Same thing with Jimmy Lake. Uh, some of the reaction has been so over the top and sensitive. Uh, people have gotten ridiculous now. They uh, they really have. Keep an eye out tonight. We're going to get the uh, college football playoff rankings, by the way. Those come out tonight. Um, curious to see where the movement is. I mean, because when you look at these right now, we did have a lot of movement on Saturday, and I want to know what they do with Alabama because this isn't your typical Alabama team. This is not the Nick Saban Alabama team that you're used to. Is the dynasty over? Uh, hell no. I mean, of course not. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to run a column in USA Today where I say the Nick Saban dynasty is over. I'm not going to sit on Colin Cowherd's show and say things like Alabama has a Nick Saban problem like Joel Klatt did. I'm not doing that at all. It's just this edition of Alabama is not your typical Alabama, and you've seen that before, and hell, they're still going to go to the SEC championship. That's how much of a machine he's built. But if I were the college football playoff committee right now, so the AP poll moves Cincinnati in front of Alabama, and I, I think that is, honestly, that's kind of a joke. Look, I know Cincinnati hasn't been – excuse me, I know Alabama hasn't been great. I know they struggled at home. Um, LSU, who's not good. But if you can watch Cincinnati, by the way, who just struggled with Tulsa a week after they struggled with Navy, who's awful this year. Um, 
if you think that Cincinnati's better than Alabama in any way, shape, or form, I've got oceanfront property in Arizona to sell you. I mean, come on. That, that's just being cute for the sake of being cute. That's like Kirk Herbstreit and Jordan Rogers picking Liberty. That's just being cute for the sake of being cute. So Georgia was one. Here, I'll share this for you. This is what they were or what they are going into tonight. So Georgia one, Alabama two, Michigan State obviously going to fall off at three, Oregon at four. You had Ohio State five, who struggled with Nebraska this weekend, Cincinnati six, Michigan seven, Oklahoma eight, Wake Forest nine, who lost Notre Dame 10. Uh, Baylor and Auburn also lost, so they're they're way down this list. But here's what I think is going to happen tonight. I think it's going to be Georgia, Oregon, Alabama, Ohio State, Cincinnati. And if I were the committee, that's kind of how I would do it. I would have Georgia. I would put Oregon at two, Alabama three, Ohio State four, Cincinnati five, Oklahoma. I'd move them up, even though they didn't play, to number six. I'd keep Michigan at seven. I'd move Notre Dame up to eight. I think that's how I'd do it. I mean, Michigan State, I, I maybe Michigan State at nine, uh, but I, I would drop Michigan State below Oklahoma State at this point. I think I would. Um, I expect Ole Miss to move ahead of BYU and Auburn and Baylor. So Ole Miss will be somewhere around 12, uh, 12 or 13, somewhere in there. And I expect Mississippi State to drop out in uh, entirely. Wake Forest, if, if I had to guess, I think Wake Forest is going to be somewhere down – but I, I, even below Ole Miss, they'll be below Ole Miss and Texas A and M, uh, possibly below BYU. BYU's got a better resume than Wake Forest right now. Um, yeah, somewhere around twenty. Minnesota lost this weekend, somewhere around twenty, I think, eighteen to twenty. The resume is not impressive at, at all. I mean, I, I, I was standing for Wake Forest, but let's be honest, the resume is not impressive in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Sid says no, by the way. Maybe Leach said what should have been said. I mean, these are these are 20-year-olds now. I mean, it was harsh, but you missed three kicks. Cost your team the game. You know, that's what happens. Alabama didn't play great, but neither did Oregon or Ohio State. True. Uh, but Oregon still has that win over Ohio State. And... Uh, they have a terrible loss. That Stanford loss is terrible. Um, Oregon did go on the road and beat what people think is usually a pretty decent Washington team. Um, so, yeah. Is Clemson done or finished? They are neither. They're neither. They're just having a bad year, but they're neither. Um, Chris is how far? Yeah, putting them at 15. That's fair. All they had was undefeated. That, that, that is all they had was Wake Forest was undefeated. They definitely didn't have a resume. Cal says Ole Miss wouldn't beat Auburn in a rematch, but I'll take it. Are you sure? I'm not totally convinced that if they played again, Ole Miss wouldn't win, um, especially if it was away from Jordan-Hare. But, I mean, you got to remember. It depends on – okay. This is a completely a, a hypothetical, but – Matt Corral got badly hurt in that game. And his, I mean, Drummond was, he could barely run. They didn't have Mingo. They didn't have Sanders. 
Jacor Pearson was the team's best receiver that night. If the rumor mill is accurate, if the rumor mill is true, all three of those guys are going to be in uniform on Saturday. Ole Miss with those guys back beats Auburn if they're healthy, in my opinion. Ole Miss with those three guys beat Auburn. And yeah, Craig, that is that is the 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 rumor is the 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 rumor mill is that they're all three of them are going to try to play. We'll see about Mingo. I mean, he's obviously he hasn't practiced and stuff in a while. Maybe he's not ready yet. But the word is the rumor is that he's going to try to play, and uh, that's big because even uh, a Mingo at seventy five percent is better than what they're trotting out there right now. Um, Sanders played last week. Didn't look a hundred percent, but. I mean, especially on that deep ball. I mean, just he makes one move and he can fly. And I mean, just he and Corral clearly have a good relationship in terms of they know where each other are going to be and Sanders can get open. And so if those three guys play, I think it's a different game. Sebastian says the matrix site that tries to simulate the good wins, bad losses and game control elements that the committee looks at just has Michigan State dropping out and everyone moving up. Last week, they were only off on Cincinnati. I need to look at that then. I need to look at that. But just I wonder how much the committee will punish Alabama for not looking good. Maybe they don't at all. I don't know. But, I mean, Oregon has the best win of the group, no doubt. Cal says, true, the Rebs did beat themselves at Auburn in a lot of ways. They did. Yeah, they did. Um, Fourth down decisions. Um Red zone play calling was not good. Corral was clearly, clearly banged up. And I mean, it was just, it was just Jacor Pearson, you know? I mean, that's all they really had that night. Um, and Cal says, can't wait to see Corral throw to Sanders, Mingo, and Drummond. If those guys stay healthy, then Matt Corral's leading the Heisman race by a significant margin if they stay healthy. I was asked yesterday, um, if he still has a chance, and I think the answer is yes, but they have to win out, and he has to play well. Like, they have to beat Texas A&M, and he has to play well. They have to beat Mississippi State, and he has to play well. But luckily, if you're hoping that, you know, he has a chance to win this thing, I mean, he gets a stage tonight, uh, or excuse me, he gets a stage this weekend with college game day, all the hype that's going to be around him, and then, of course, night game on ESPN, and then the Egg Bowl, although the Saints play at the same freaking time, by the way. Uh, so I'll have to double TV at that night. Um, gets the college football stage to himself again. So that's that's two opportunities for this guy now to show that he should be there because there's no real front runner. I mean, Bryce Young doesn't deserve it at all. I have a feeling people are going to look for reasons not to give it to him. Uh, Kenny Pickett's lost a couple of games now to bad teams, and there's a real chance that he can get himself back in this thing. But they got to beat A&M, and he's got to play well. And they got to beat Mississippi State, and he's got to play well. Still can get invited to New York regardless, but if you're talking about winning it, if those three guys are healthy for these final three games, the chance is still there, uh, no doubt. Chance is still there. Sebastian says, YouTube won't let me post the link. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll look it up, though. That sounds interesting, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Josh says, crazy how little respect the Big 12 is getting. With all due respect to the Big 12, do they deserve it? I mean, they still have. I mean, Oklahoma State's still there with a loss. Baylor was up there, uh, but they've just lost again. But, 
I don't think they'll fall completely out completely out of the top 25. Um, and Oklahoma will move up. I mean, look, if Oklahoma runs the table, they're going to be in the Final Four. It, it, it's all in their hands. If Oklahoma wins out, they're making the playoff, no doubt. So we'll see. I'll be back with you tomorrow to recap all of this and uh, see what the committee got right and what the committee got wrong. Also, last thing, I forgot to mention it. I'm just, I'm out of time this morning. I got a lot to do today. The story about the NCAA allowing the divisions to govern themselves and stuff like that. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. How's that? I'm not ready to call this big news and college athletics is changing forever because this is still the NCAA making the this decision, right? I, I, there's got to be a catch in there somewhere. And until this gets enacted, I'm going to be skeptical of it. And I think you should too. Um, is it encouraging? Sure. Yeah, I think the FBS and the FCS should be governed separately. It's a completely different world. I grew up a Furman fan. All right, like that, that, that's It's a different world. The money, the resources, the players, everything. It's totally, it's not even the same sport. It's really not. Um, So they need to be governed separately. That's encouraging to hear, but I got to see it in action before I start talking about how great it is. I got to see what they're going to let them do before I see how great it is. But that story's out there. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the video, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with reacting to the college football playoff rankings and then start turning the page towards uh, Auburn and Texas A&M. So y'all be good. Enjoy the rest of your day. See you on the radio this afternoon, and I'll be back with you tomorrow. Talk Mississippi Media Production.